0: If someone tells you you can't do something, just don't believe it. Don't, don't listen. Uh, you know, I, like you said, like my is kind of like this, like magical story that happened, but you know, and it is, but I like, I worked really, really hard to get there and didn't stop at no, and just keep going and, you know, keep pushing and try to be the best you can.
1: Carrie Smith is Vice President of Creative Services at Concord Records. Carrie joined Concord in 2015 as part of the company's ongoing investment in innovation and pursuit of an exceptional art and design department. Carrie has curated a team of highly creative, passionate and talented individuals. Her department supports each label under Concord's record music division. Under Carrie's leadership, the department continues to promote and inspire excellence in design. Carrie has worked with an impressive lineup of high-caliber artists over her 15-year career, including St. Vincent, James Taylor, Tanya Tucker, and so many more. Carrie's work on the album, Blood, was recently recognized with a Juno Award for Album Artwork of the Year. She, along with members of her team, received a Clio Award for design for the Coltrane 58 vinyl packaging. Carrie's enthusiasm for empowering others, her commitment to dynamic artistry, and fostering talent are what drive her. Carrie leads her staff based on her guiding principles, treat everyone fairly, be a present listener, understand the incredible gift and responsibility that creativity has in expressing and impacting culture. We have a wonderful conversation, and we hope you enjoy this episode with Carrie Smith. Hello, once again, welcome to another episode of Design Deluxe Podcast. Yes, I am here, still giving you your podcast with Design Dedux as your host. Uh, my partner in crime, Mandy Horton, is still with us uh, while we work through some more of these discussions on redesigning her story about women in graphic design in America. And today's guest we have with us, Carrie Smith. Welcome, Carrie.
0: Hi. Thank you.
1: It's a pleasure to have you. Um, we've met before, as uh, we kind of laughed about before we started recording the show is like I almost forgot. All right, maybe I forgot a little. Um it's it's a strange time, right? We're all kinda losing track of what day was it? Week is it? Is it still July? Is this July?
2: Is it still twenty twenty? Yeah. (laughs) Which is funny because
1: the podcast is gonna air in August. So now all of our listeners are going to be confused. Right. Hey, how about a little how about a little background then on yourself? Um you can go as far back as you wish. Um which when people ask me that question, they're, they're always sorry they ask because I go, oh boy, let me tell you.
0: But anyhow, <laughs> a little
1: background on yourself.
0: Sure. Um, I am originally from Oklahoma City. I went to design school at the University of Central Oklahoma. Um, like after that, after I graduated from there, I moved on to working in advertising for a furniture company uh, for about a year and a half uh as i was going through that i was very i was really unhappy doing that kind of work and um had always kind of had my sights set on um moving to los angeles at some point in my life so uh eventually during while i was working that job i got to a point where i was just miserable so i i wound up quitting and um which is very unlike me without a backup plan <laughs> but i did it anyway cuz i was young and you know that's what you do and And um, I wound up searching for jobs in other, you know, states. Like I looked at at Colorado and obviously California, Los Angeles. Wound up getting an interview with a record company here in LA. I flew out to interview for a few days and um, stayed with a friend of mine that was already living here. Uh, And then I went back to Oklahoma City. Everything went well, as far as I could tell. And few days later I got a phone call saying I was hired so that was really awesome for me to kind of make that dream come true without from my perspective without help from anyone else you know just it it was just all like my portfolio and I just went out and did it and um, so about a week or so later I packed up my car and drove out of Oklahoma City moved to Los Angeles stayed with my friend again until a couple weeks went by and I actually found a roommate and started the job and um, I've been doing that ever since that was about almost 15 years ago so
1: that's really cool that almost sounds yeah. like a um, uh, I hate to use the term Cinderella story but you know it kind of <laughs> yeah. sounds like you know that like uh, storybook ending to it so did mm-hmm. you start where did you start out then at the record what record company is it and where'd you sure. start out at where are you at now
0: so I started at a company. It was. It's called Welk Music Group, and uh, the the record labels that we had were Vanguard Records and Sugar Hill Records. Oh, Vanguard. Okay. Yeah, Vanguard uh, yeah. has a long history um, of uh, folk music and and experimental like disco type stuff in the past. So just a wide range of stuff. And um, Sugar Hill was more of like a roots, you know, countryish type uh, label. It was based in Nashville. So uh, I was working for them. I started off as a graphic designer. Uh, I had uh, the art director was my boss, um, also female. So I was excited to go out and work with another woman. Um, she wound up moving on uh, about a year after I started. And she actually went into nursing, um, which I've mm. known a couple of, of friends of mine that are that were uh, initially designers have moved on to nursing, which I've I don't quite understand why, but <laughs> it seems to yeah. be normal. <laughs> I don't know. Interesting. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, so she moved on and there was the opportunity for me to move up. And so that's what happened. And I was um, put in charge of, of all the art, you know, for those two, mostly those two labels. And that went on for about uh, nine years total until about 2015 when, uh, the labels were sold to Concord, which is a very large organization now. At the time they were building and building and building, but, but now they've acquired many, many labels. And so I've been at Concord, who also needed someone to run their art department. And that's where I stepped in and stepped up and um, you know, got a staff of about three people. Originally, now I've grown it to seven. So, um, and that's been, yeah, since 2015, over the past five years, just uh, continuing to, like, put the art department at the forefront um, and creative and all that stuff. So, uh, it's been great because Concord's been so focused on that, and it's nice to, to have that support from, uh, from the upper management and, you know, the presidents and, and things like that of the, of the labels. So, that's been good, uh, just building it out and et cetera. Now I'm the VP of Creative Services is my title. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Wonderful. So
1: Congratulations.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I just got yeah. that promotion a year ago. So,
1: Wow.
3: So, so
2: what What kind of design work then yeah. do, you, do you all do there? Oh, my gosh. Um,
1: Mandy and I are like right on the same <laughs> level there because I'm like, well, record, like, you know, the old passion of designing a record album cover you know Mm -hmm. uh the polish year moment right where everybody wants to design record labels uh yeah and how that so that's got it that's it that's changed i'm sure because i mean vinyl's coming back but
0: oh yeah we've been so focused on vinyl for the past at least five years really almost almost every release gets a vinyl attached to it just um, some of them depending on the level of artists like um or if it makes sense marketing wise for them to have it but generally all of them do um and vinyl is just so much better for us as designers because we get such a large like palette to work with you know and mm-hmm. it's much better right. than like that little tiny square on <laughs> Spotify a fire apple music or whatever or just this v, which is also limiting um, but to have the 12 inches of real estate is is really awesome and, and fun for us and We also get to do a lot of special packaging, like box sets, uh, things like that. Very unique Mm -hmm. projects that we are always working on too. And um, that's always uh, really fun because we get to kind of like push boundaries and and do things that haven't been done before.
1: Well, there's got to be like other promotional uh, material as well. Social media. I don't know, Mm -hmm. like different bands have different things, like their YouTube channels and social media channels. So I'm sure you're messing around with a little bit of... Of that kind of aspect too? For
0: sure. Yeah. I have um, one person on my staff who is just dedicated to all social media content uh, graphics. And so, what he does basically is he'll take the design that we've worked on for the packaging and just, you know, out, output it for social media. So, everything's consistent across the board. And we have like a full campaign of, of artwork and design, and, and it all fits together with the music.
1: Nice. You've won some awards. The, yeah. And awards in the music industry as well. Can you talk about those?
0: Sure. Um, the uh, for the artist Rye, who's actually one of my very favorites. I, I love his music so much, and it's just a pleasure to work with him. Uh, he he and I worked together on this album called Blood, and it's uh, basically the artwork. Where he's a actually very talented photographer as well as musician. So he took a bunch of photos that we kind of like sat down together and went through um, over a couple hours until we really kind of zeroed in on the one image we wanted to use. And uh, working with type, he, he kind of already had a, a logo sort of type established for himself. So I just for me like it was bringing this image to life uh, in a in like packaging in a, in a way that you could really feel it and touch it and and know it was like how it. How it feels in your hands relates to the way the music sounds, you know. So all that stuff kind of goes together. So basically, it's it's an image, a black and white nude image, and it's kind of like grainy. So we use an uh, overall matte coating on the jacket, and then the type just had a very very light varnish on it. So you only uh, okay. see it in the light. So it's just like this really like soothing, you know, special experience when you hold it in your hands. Um, so, so that one is the one that won, um, album cover of the year. I think it was a Juno award, which is a basically a Canadian equivalent of a Grammy.
1: Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Uh, so what, what then are you, do, do you still find yourself like in the trenches and still working and designing as well as kind of leading the team?
0: Yes. I honestly, that's, uh, Probably the the hardest part uh, of of the job is is because I do have a staff of seven people is managing the workload, knowing what's happening, what, where every project is, and, and on the timeline, and and then you know obviously giving feedback and, and making sure that that everything is is high quality stuff. Uh, so I'm doing that all day long. Plus, I'm I usually have two to three projects I'm designing myself, so it's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it does so sound like a lot different hats
2: to wear you know yeah 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 well can you talk just a little bit more about how the teams work how they function like does specific team members work on you you talked a little bit about somebody being very specific to social media um mm-hmm. but is there collaboration or does everybody kind of work on their own thing um well you know my approach
0: to it is, is I, I came in and it was very uh like segmented like everybody was kind of doing their own thing so what i wanted to do was pull it together, everybody act as a team first um, and, and get people comfortable with giving feedback to each other because I think that's the best way to grow as a designer mm-hmm. is, is to get input from others and to not hold it so like close to the vest, you know? If, so I, I wanted to change the way that was going. Um, and so I was, just did that by, you know, just reinforcing that every day. Like now we're all in the same room. Well, we were when we were in the office, all in the same room together. Before we were all spread apart, so now that like yeah. when we go back to the office, we'll be back in the same room. But it was like now, so now there's like ideas flying around the room. Everybody's looking at each other's screens, and I think people. I hope everyone feels like safe and comfortable giving feedback, receiving feedback, and from me and from uh, I have two other art directors. So it goes from basically me as as, as the head of the department two art directors that help support me and what I'm doing and oversee some of the other designers as well. So, so yeah, there's me, two art directors, uh, two senior designers, a designer, a coordinator, and a specialist. <laughs> so, wow. it's, yeah. yeah, it's, I mean, we're a big group, but we have uh, six labels to support and over 200 releases a year. So, we are slammed all the time. <laughs> uh, a, a couple of yeah.
1: things. I I heard on, I think it was Saturday morning's news. Saturday or Sunday morning. Maybe it was Sunday morning, CBS Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, they were talking about the um, open office plan and mm-hmm. how the open office plan is destined to either fail or be reimagined because uh-huh. of uh, the the pandemic. Sure. Um, so, one question is, how are you guys working through the pandemic now, with no longer having that close knit kind of nucleus going on? Do you, right. has it caused any trouble? Or are you guys still able to do what you do? Uh,
0: yes, it has caused trouble. <laughs> you know, um, it's it's very difficult, and I, I find um, I know I'm frustrated with it, and I know my my team is as well. But, um, just the the fact that everything seems to take longer. Because right. I can't get up and show you something. I can't walk right. over to a desk and say, hey, maybe that should be 100% black, not a CMYK black, you know, and, and talk it through. Stuff like that. We don't have printers at home, all of us, you mm-hmm. know? Right. Um, yeah. And so everything just takes longer. And we're like right in the heart of the busiest time of the year for us. And it's, I think we're getting frustrated with that. Um, but as far as working around that, we do weekly calls by actually two calls a week on zoom. And I just have everybody like maybe two or three guy people during the call show what they're working on. So everybody's still seeing stuff, you know, cause I think we're all inspired by what we, other people are working on. So right, we just right. do share, share the screen, show what you're working on, talk about it. Um, and I'll have, yeah, probably at two or three people do that each meeting. So we're all kind of, still on the same page and then it's either that and then I have meetings with my art directors uh, and just to like stay on top of the other stuff too and, and making sure that they're filtering down to the people that they manage as well. So it's it's just a lot of talking, a lot of Zoom.
1: Yeah, that has me, I'm going to go back a little bit to the awards then and uh-huh. kind of link what you're saying. The award that you received, does that have your name on it or does that have
0: it does not. It has, the, it, has, it has the artist's name on it.
1: So okay. um, value okay. yeah. of awards, right? Mm-hmm. When we're talking about design heroes, okay, mm-hmm. we've had this conversation um, with many people. We're talking about um, the documentary film that's coming out uh, that Mandy uh-huh. and I are doing our research on right now, redesigning her story. I feels like I, I say that so many times that I <laughs> don't need to say it all the time anymore. Um uh-huh. And one of the discussion that comes up is the value of recognizing um, the team, right? And but we've also talked about the the un the unheard voice, you know, the women designers that were in the trenches doing the work, but there's no recognition for those women designers. So I'm I'm going to ask you a few questions, I guess, all in one. So you know, what's the value? of the of design awards, what do they mean? And what about having design heroes, notoriety behind design? You know, does a name like Jessica Hish make a difference? Or if you're just a letterer, do people know you, you know? So a lot there's a lot there, Carrie. I, I apologize. Okay. So so if you want to say a few things, then we can talk more about it.
0: The importance of awards, um, I I mean, I think for all of us, it's like validation, you know, like just to to know that your work has been seen by others and appreciated is, is definitely something that makes us feel good. Um, I think, I don't know, we all have our own egos about it uh, and managing that is always difficult to do. But uh, I think, I don't know, I mean, My name isn't on the specific, the two awards that we have won, my name is not on them, but everybody knows that I did it, you know, or or that I worked on a team to get it done. Um, and, and whenever someone asks me about them, I'm always like, it's, it's not just me and the designer that did it. It's the production department. It's the copywriters. It's, everybody should, you know, get recognition for that. It's not, I, From my point of view, it's not just the design. because It's all about the details surrounding it, you know, and it's like maybe I was talking to uh, our head of production about something and he had this idea about this color ink we could do. And it's like, you know, it's all like a group team effort for me. And that's the way I try to approach it, at least with my staff as well, too, and and just not take credit.
1: Yeah. Even the vendors doing the printing, like you said, there was a spot varnish Mm -hmm. uh, on that one. On so, the right one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So even that is, is one of those things that it, it takes some skilled craftsmen to do. It's
0: for sure. Yeah. And, and we'll go out and do press checks on things too. And, and so I'm working with a pressman on, on something, you know, and trying to get it the color, right. And, and like for the, the other award that we did win was uh, for this John Coltrane package, which we were very intense with our production department to, To get certain details very specific, like we had the people that were printing the book take a fabric swatch that we were using for the actual book cover. They took that swatch and mixed the ink to match it. So it was a dead-on perfect match. So it was a lot of like coordinating those details. And and for me, it's, it's always the details matter the most, you know? So that kind of stuff that we really like to focus on
1: that's neat that's a great project so then so how does project credit work is it just then well it's i've seen in some annuals they'll actually list the team and then in other um others they'll just list the agency uh-huh. so it's either one or the other but do you think there's i don't want to say it right or wrong i mean every everyone's going to approach that in their own way Mm-hmm. Is it just, you know, due to the atmosphere of the agency uh, or the creative team that kind of makes those decisions?
0: I think so. Yeah. I, I mean, for, at least for me, I would list it as probably the first name, whoever, in my view, did the most the bulk of the work, you know, and kind of list it that way. Um, as far as my role in some of this stuff is just overseeing. So, I probably wouldn't list myself first if I didn't do all the design and creative behind that, you know, like, cause I always want to try to give that the credit and, and stuff to the, to the people doing it, you know, and if I'm just overseeing something, I'm not going to say that it was my project, you right. know, even though I'm still guiding it along, you know, I hope that makes sense.
1: It does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: So a while back I um, approached you via email to talk to you about this project. Uh, about how we were wanting to make a documentary film on women in graphic design. And you just immediately were like, yes, this, I want to be involved. Um, And I really appreciate that. Um, But I want to, I want to ask you why does this topic about women in graphic design history interest you? Um, You know, uh, why do you think it is important or relevant? Uh, I think it is
0: just to have the representation of of women in design. I, I, I feel like, it's mostly, in my, at least in my uh, career, male-dominated industry. So to, to have female, to see a woman at the top or, or or to know her story, how she got there is important to me and I think important to a lot of young women that are in design school right now. So I, I just want to be a part of that. If if I can right. help or, or influence or mentor or
2: anything um, to give back, then I'm happy to do that. You know uh, we've had a few people mention uh the value of of mentorships. Have you had any mentors or or specific role models that have helped you out along the way? Um, I think I still honestly
0: hold on to a lot of the the stuff I learned in college um, a lot of the the way that we were taught specifically by dr watson Jim Watson, who was there for a long time. Um, who was my professor, just his approach, uh, it really stuck with me. And, you know, I learned, I think, very early on in life and, and even especially during design school, its it, I can't just show up with a great portfolio. Like I have to be excellent like 100% of the time in order to get to where I'm, I wanna go. And I know there's like, it, it's just, yeah, I just have to, right. you have to always, work really, really hard and um, learn a lot from other people. And and it's not a just, you can't just show up, you know.
2: I hope some of my students are listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It
0: takes hard work. It's, it's, you know, some people can show up and, and, and get,
2: you know, get the job that they
0: want. But especially I feel like for design and for a woman, like you have to be 100% all the time.
1: You think there's added pressure? I mean, there's, there's enough pressure there to be 100%. But do you think there's added pressure, like you were just saying, you know?
0: For women. For women, for women uh, yes. Uh, yeah, especially. Yeah, in my experience, yes. I, I've had to push and push and push and, you know, to, to get to where I am now, basically, and fight for for pay, for for recognition, for, you know, to to move up. And, um, yeah, I'm... I'm you have to fight. <laughs> you have to keep pushing people. You can't, you can't just expect it to happen cause it won't. No one's going to do it yeah, for that's you. That's rough. That's hard. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's made me who I am and I'm proud of that. So, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: So um, we're asking just everyone that we talk to about this because we, and we're, we're, interviewing a range of people in their stage of their profession and educators and historians. Um, But we want to create a documentary film about women in graphic design history that appeals to um, the people we're talking to. So, you know, you're part of our target audience. Uh So I want to ask you, um, what, what topics would you like to see on a documentary film of women in graphic design history? Sure. Um, I would like to see,
0: I love, I love looking at type. Uh, I can look at type for days. Uh, I'll scroll on Instagram. Most of the people I follow on Instagram are type designers. So f- women doing typography. Uh, I love that. Uh, and most I think probably women in upper management, I want to know like how do they treat their teams and manage their staff and and deal with all the different personalities that, you know, we get with designers and, and how do you, how do you, because that's always how I'm trying to grow is, is figuring out how to be a better manager. Like I, I know how to be a d- great designer. I can do that. But as far as like dealing with people and, and things like that, I think I, I can always learn. Um, I'm always trying to read books on how to be better at that. And I, I think that's probably the biggest challenge. So, Have you read any really good books on that? <laughs> I'm reading this, this book right now. I, I, I'm really uh, into sports, so sports analogies work for me. Yeah. Um, there's a book called A Trillion Dollar Coach. It's about a coach who turned to like, a Silicon Valley um, mentor-type person. His name's Bill Campbell. So it's a lot about his approach to managing people and, and things like that. So that's that's what I'm reading right now. What it's about
1: what about continued growth? So you mentioned that you know you want to keep bettering yourself in your position uh, mm-hmm. and keep keep um, moving forward in that. Do you th- do you find are you having difficulty finding resources? Are there particular resources that you have found? Um, could we be doing better there as an industry for I think so. creative leaders?
0: I think so. Yeah. Um, the way I I. Sorry, my dog's barking. Um, uh, My resources are usually my staff. Uh, I get a lot of inspiration from them and also freelancers that maybe I didn't hire out that I see the work coming in and like, oh, that's really interesting. And I'll I'll dig deeper into who they are as designer and their influences and things like that. Also like Instagram is pretty great resource. Um, like I said, most, most people I follow there are are either designers or typographers, something like that. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Pinterest is an obvious, um, easy way to collect images when I'm building out a board, like a mood board for, um, for creative, for an album, use that a lot. Uh, but yeah, I think it could be better. Um, sorry, but but, yeah, as far as having a collective place to find that stuff would be nice.
1: So you mentioned earlier that you left, um, I think it was your first design job as a graphic designer. Mm-hmm. You just weren't happy. Um, I think we all run into that one position, that one career where we're like, that's it. I'm out of here. And you just like that, make that decision.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What What made your decision there? Is it something that we can talk about or?
0: Uh, I guess what made my decision there was... I was very unhappy with upper management and the way that they were, uh, treating design, I guess, as not like a real thing. Mm.
3: Um,
0: you know, and it it was like having that as your first experience out of college. I'm like, I was like hungry, fresh, ready, you know, like ready to go. and, And to be in that sort of like oppressive, like, you know, it's, it was just not inspiring to me at all. And, um, I mean, luckily for me, everything has worked out so far. So, it yeah. was a good decision to quit. Uh, it's not something I would do now, or, or you know, but I did it.
1: <laughs> I hear so. about a young, uh, a lot of young designers that are just out of college, kind of experiencing that too, because they've mm-hmm. gotten uh, very hypersensitive on what good design is. Do you think that's a norm for a lot of places to not have respect for design? And is there a way that we can educate? Because you're farther along in your career now. If you had an opportunity right. to do it over, maybe maybe they weren't open to that. But do you think there's a way that young designers, instead of being frustrated, can educate about design? Uh,
0: I think probably the best way to educate is by doing great design um, and explaining the value in it. Uh, and... I'm I'm sure when, you know, you're fresh out of school, it's probably harder to do that because you don't have much experience mm-hmm. at that point. Um, and obviously I think everyone needs to, to advance and grow and, and you can't start off just being what I am right now. Cause I, you know, I couldn't get there without having these experiences. Um, so I think it's just like time and, um, being open to learning from other people around you and, you're not always the best at everything, you know? Okay. And uh, just,
2: just taking input from that. All do right. you, so sorry, I was no. gonna ask Go a, little, a little bit about culture shift from Oklahoma City to mm-hmm. LA. And mm-hmm. do you think that any of that, you know, might've been the culture of design here in Oklahoma versus the culture of design there in LA? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, 100%. Um, I my, my aunt is probably going to get mad at me for saying this, but I remember when I was in school, she said, she's like, she said, what is it? What is it exactly that you're going to do? Just, just pick out (laughs) fonts. And I was like, Oh my God, (laughs) like, no, (laughs) that's not what it is. Um, but I I think that there's probably, yeah, people don't maybe understand the value as much as being in a big city, you know, obviously in Los Angeles here, um, there's so much competition and uh, things like that for, for, you know, for sure. Like it's, it's intense. Yeah. But um, it's all great. It's good.
1: All right. So young designer having a hard time to explain what good design is in an, maybe a non-design culture. So a bunch of difficulties already right there. Mm -hmm. What about gender disparity? So do you think being a young woman just out of college do you think there would perhaps could have been if 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 you were to try to explain okay here's why design's good here's what it does here's good design here's bad design mm-hmm. do you think that there's any crossroads there or difficulties or gender disparity that you know in the profession
0: yeah yes um i i think that it's hard it's, i think it's harder To get people to listen and, yeah, and believe you when you're talking as a a woman and when you, especially like as being so like persuasive about uh, design and not coming across a certain way. And I I think it's definitely harder to do.
1: Uh, I talked to a lot of my students about this exact moment of somebody doesn't understand what design is they don't respect good design but they still hire you to come in to be their creative and be their designer but then when you're trying to work with something they don't put that value behind it they don't back it whether it's financially or promoted or anything like that Mm -hmm. and i talk to them a lot about the education of the people that not only you're working with as a client but the people that you're working alongside in your company your business whatever it might be Mm -hmm. and and to be able to talk in a certain way about design and to make yourself in a position where you are looked at as the professional, as the expert in that area and, and a respected professional, how difficult is that to overcome? Do you Now, I would imagine that you found it quite different just in LA just because it's understood
0: differently? Right.
1: Is that how you would explain that or?
0: Perhaps. Yeah. I I think that as far as presenting your design, um, you need to also present yourself in a way as a professional too. Um, I I see a lot of like sloppy emails being written and and not, you know, if that makes sense. Um, It it does. (laughs) And it's, it's a matter of like, you want to be taken seriously. You have this design, you know, that you're proud of you. You're trying to push through but it's all the way you speak about it and how professional you are. If, if somebody comes back and says, well, I don't like this. Can you do that? And then it's a, your approach is to like thoughtfully how to say, well, no, this is the reason why I did it this way. Um, you can't just fire something back really quick. Even if you get angry, or upset, like I always, if that happens to me, I always try to like write something, walk away, come back. And like, do I really want to say this right now? Is this really going to push the idea that I want to get across? You know, and then usually mm-hmm. you re- re- rewrite it a little bit from there. But I I think it's a, I mean, it's just a human thing. You know, you, you work so hard and, and this stuff is is personal and it's subjective and, and someone can come back and say, well, I don't like this font. And you can just be like, get really upset about that. And right, right. Um, it's, it's important to not do that and to wait and to be like, okay, well, this is why I chose this because of you know, these reasons. And
1: yeah, those are the best very learning. similar uh, to how I approach it in class I'd- you know the ceo or your supervisor or the client well my wife loves blue let's make it blue it'll make All her right. make her happy and then but then you have to explain to them the psychology behind that color mm-hmm. behind the color that you're recommending the psychology behind the imagery and proximity of one object to the next and it's there's mm-hmm. quite an extensive amount of information to design so being able to talk about it in an educated way and not defend, but uh, what's a better word? Maybe not defend your design, but to, um, hmm, all of a sudden protect. I'm-
2: to Show the reasoning, explain <laughs> reasoning. the reasoning. Yeah. And, you, and, and of course talking knowledge. to them about target audience, is your wife the target audience for this?
0: Right, right. yeah, mm-hmm.
1: right. Yeah. So interesting, mm-hmm. so along that lines, there's more and more educators talking about seeing more and more females in the classroom, and mm-hmm. and the the numbers are are still changing. We even talked about how a lot of master's degree programs in design are almost eighty percent women. It's, there's quite a high number. What about uh-huh. in the in the industry in the professional world? Is there a shift that you've seen? Uh, and it's hard because right because you're in your your little group of people working with right. the record label. Um, so it's hard to see what else is happening out there unless you go to design awards and whatnot or the
3: different sure. outings. Well, well,
2: like you know, in your team, is it fifty mm-hmm. percent female? More so? It's, it's me, uh,
0: me, and my one of our designers. Uh, so I, there's two women. Okay. And, and okay. my my group of seven people uh, in our department as a whole, there are more obviously, but like just in in my specific group. Two women out of seven. So, yeah. um, Yeah. I mean, I, and obviously we freelance out a lot too, because a lot of the bands will will come and they want to use specific people. But I don't see a lot of women being used. Uh, I see that more in uh, photography and Mm -hmm. illustration. Is it the music industry? Do
1: you you think it's industry driven? I don't know either. That's a.
2: And you had mentioned that a few designers you knew had switched careers to nursing. Um, right. Mm-hmm. It, were those women? Yes. Okay, yes. that's interesting.
1: So my next mm-hmm. question is, do you find that the industry you're in to be uh, demanding? Is it demanding yes. on time? Demanding mentally?
0: Yes. And, does, and does, it, does it cut into your personal life? It is you non-stop. Know? 24 seven all day long. And it's, it's one of those things too. It's like, I'm I'm going out for a run in the morning and I'm gonna, I obviously like have an idea. This is what the album cover should be, you know, it's a, a nonstop and mm,
3: yeah.
0: the e- the emails all day long. Um, at least for me uh, being uh, the head of the department, I am in a lot of uh, extra meetings. Like my staff is mostly designing during the day. They They have maybe one or two phone calls is my guess. It's like I was I sneeze and I have like fifteen emails come in, you know, it's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is fine. It's it's the job, you know. It's That's the it's, job, what yeah. I, it's it's a job and I'm happy to be here. I'll be all those things, but it is nonstop and um which is great, you know, obviously we want to work and um and the level of work and the level of music is all high. Like it's it's all really good and, and we all want to do our best, you know, and it just takes effort, time. Right. Um, yeah more time. these yeah.
1: these are yeah these are questions that Mandy and I are trying to process as we're trying to think about how to approach this this documentary film where there are underlying things happening throughout right. time that for women w- and for how women, that yeah.
2: changed now right. can you talk a little bit about like do you feel like you have achieved a work-life balance uh,
0: you know I being in quarantine now I thought before it wasn't Balance, but it actually was <laughs> compared to this because it is uh, one of my uh, art directors said he's like we're not working from home we're living at work and he's right. Wow, it's I I wake up and here it's it's right here in this room and, you know and it's just and I feel it you know the energy of it, um, and you know we can't go anywhere anyway so it's like it's I'm like I wake up usually around six thirty. I do emails, drink my coffee and I work out and I work all day long and then it's, you know, and then we'll eat late. It's like, this is way worse than it was before when I thought it was bad. (laughs) If that makes sense There was still separation. Yeah. 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 There's no separation here. And, and, you know, we can't, it's like before I would like, oh, I take the day off and I'm like, everybody knew I wasn't in the office. And so nobody would bother me most of the time.
2: But now it's like, I take a day off and I'm still getting, you know yeah and i know from my personal experience it's it's i feel like it's even harder to take a day off
0: it is yeah it's, it's, i mean like, where are you built. gonna go and i know <laughs> right i know it's it i just i say i just took, took a break from zoom for a day yeah. if i need a day off because i find myself on zoom all day long or the right. phone.
3: but yeah. um, thank,
0: thank you for joining us on zoom yeah day. absolutely and this is fine <laughs> yeah yeah this is totally fine but yeah, no, it's uh no. the work life balance is, is not good right now. But um I don't know. It's well, it's interesting,
1: we're, yeah. We're just trying to yeah. I just don't know how to even go about explaining it. And mm-hmm. it's gonna be interesting five years from now when we look back to see what's changed and how much it's it's changed how we do our workflow. Uh-huh. And um hopefully we can all get back to that separation of work in our personal lives and still find that separation in
2: it right I hope so yeah. do you think that any of this will like create any permanent shifts um, are people wanting to or some people wanting to work from home more, or do you think everyone in your team at least is like no I'd rather be back in the office
0: I think so um, I think maybe one or two probably don't mind this as much as the rest of us you know but um I know we're all frustrated, especially now that we're so busy uh, during this part- time of the year, uh, not being able to be together. Um, and, uh, you know, the, I don't have kids. Some of my guys have kids, like three-year-olds, and I cannot imagine trying to be creative with a child screaming and crying all day next to me, you know, so they just want daycare back, if anything. <laughs> <It was. laughs>
1: well, I'll tell you what, uh, I have a 23-year-old um still at home and it's not much difference that's why i'm in my office and not home trying to do a zoom meeting
2: right. <laughs> see i just have uh, the dog and the cats and the dog is like i went out i went in i went out i went in that's
0: me too i have a dog and a cat that's it that's, that's
2: just fine <laughs> all right so um, i have this this question kind of just jumps back a little bit and again just trying to get the scope of the scale of everything so as Pete mentioned earlier, we're, um, a lot of educators are seeing this transition of more and more female students in the classroom. Um, and that's why we were asking if you had seen that professionally. What about when you were in school? Did Do you think was was classroom, was it 50-50? Were there more men than women? How was that? I'm just trying to gauge that a little bit. I,
0: from what I remember, I, I would say it was probably 60-40 men, okay. mostly men. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I was in that clock tower studio, uh, my senior year. Uh, and it was two, it was me and another woman and two guys. So that was split 50 50, which was good. Um, but I would say most of it was probably 60, 40, maybe 70, 30, something like that.
2: So for those of you who don't know clock towers, one of is like a professional working studio course where students right. d- take on real projects with real clients.
1: Oh, that's neat to have. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's a great opportunity. Great opportunity. Yeah, It was awesome. Students. It was so good. Um, also, you know, as a designer and, you know, kind of a, a leader, female leader in the industry, do you have any resources or any influences that you found that have specifically helped you that we can point people to?
0: Mm. I can't think of off the top of my head.
2: Any conferences or anything that you attend, or or anything like that? Um, nothing really I can speak of. Uh,
0: no, I mean, no, nah, I can't. I, there's yeah, I can't. Okay. Nothing. Do you, put um, some of that.
1: Are you AIGA member?
0: I'm not. No, but okay. uh, it's it's always something I mean to do, and I just
1: yeah. Um. Well, it's hard. It's hard. It American is. Advertising Federation, is that pretty prominent in Los Angeles? I'm not aware yeah. of it being out that way, no, seeing I'm mostly uh, Midwest and East Coast. That's yeah, a that's, that's a pretty good um, organization. It's an interesting organization because it's American Advertising Federation. But the advertising world isn't really what it is or what it was, mm-hmm. you know? And sometimes Mm -hmm. even saying that you're an advertising agency kind of like taints, (laughs) taints the reputation because it's like, oh, great, an ad agency, you know? Right. So, so that's always tough to do. Um, Mm -hmm. Let me, let me go throw back here. When we talk about design heroes, did you have a design Mm -hmm. hero?
2: Or role role model or anything? Role model, yeah. Hmm. Or major influence.
0: Adrian, uh let me think.
1: This is okay. I,
0: this
1: is okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, go ahead.
0: No, I'm just thinking like, I know during school history of graphic design was my favorite course. Like, Cause I, I feel like I, it was a whole collection of influences, you know, and I, I could point to, for certain projects that I'm working on and research and things like that. Um, as far as like one specifically, one or two, not necessarily. I think it's probably just the collection of of people that like I've just drawn from in the past, uh, depending on projects yeah. and, and things like that. I yeah, I like that I mean,
1: answer because I think it's, well, one, I'm I'm very bad at favorites. People ask mm-hmm. me, what's your favorite thing? And I do the same thing. I'm like, but now I'm at a point where I have a very quick answer. It's like, I don't have any. People are like, well, Mm -hmm. how can you not have a favorite? And it's like, well, I don't because this is great. This is great. This one's wonderful. This is terrific. This one's really great. And then every once in a while I forget about that one. And then when I see that again, I think, you know. So there's so many wonderful inspirations. I think sometimes having a favorite or go-to, in my opinion, um, can be dangerous. It can be detrimental Mm -hmm. because you don't want to find yourself doing what's been done or kind of repeating it or saying this is the only way it can be done. And here it is. So Mm -hmm. having, having more of an open air quotes, non-favorite style or person, I think is really helpful. And we've been asking the question, you know, about the meaning of a design hero and, and what that means and where it's come from. And so it's been a really good discussion around that.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting because I think about this a lot. Like, what is my style, you know? And I and I, I question myself a lot on that. And and I what I've realized is I don't really I I feel like I don't have a specific style necessarily. I think it just like what I design it draws from inspiration all around me, and it's whatever suited for the project is the style, you know. If if that makes sense. Um,
1: yeah, I think it does for sure. Yeah. Yeah, because well in our industry in the graphic design industry visual communication you're trying to send a message from one person group business company artist to an audience and mm-hmm. it's not your voice to that audience so right. you know you're you're just a channel that you're right. visually trying to speak from one to
0: the other so definitely yeah i always that. feel like i'm i'm in service to the art you know it, it, we have musicians and artist bands and all that stuff and, and my job is to visually represent what their music sounds like right. so it's got to be suited to
2: that and you have uh, the artists the bands that you work with do they they come from a broad range right so yeah it doesn't uh, really necessarily make sense to have a style so right. to speak
0: right yeah it would limit the jobs i could take you know <laughs> so right, for sure yeah we have a, a crazy range of like jazz to to metal, you know, it's all over <laughs> the
1: place. <laughs> that's awesome. That does seem
2: like a broad range. It is. Yeah.
1: yeah. Hey, this yeah. wasn't on our question of, um, on our list of questions to ask you, but I, I feel I want to ask you anyhow.
2: Mm-hmm. If
1: this documentary film came out, what would be one of the things on it that would disappoint you? If it went in a certain direction where you're like, oh, well, that's not where I thought they would go, or I wish they wouldn't
3: have done that. <laughs>
0: Uh, wow, I, I don't know. Um, what would disappoint me? Hmm.
1: See, I have these loaded questions.
0: I know, like what? I don't even know. I didn't. I didn't even think about something like that.
1: Uh, and it is okay if you don't have an answer, because uh, many of our interviews there there aren't answers. But then there's a few of our interviews people have very specific. It's like, oh, don't you dare do this. And it's like, oh, okay,
0: okay, we won't do that.
1: No, I don't think it's gotten that bad.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything, at least not coming to my mind that you could do that would make me angry. Gotcha. <laughs> so I, right. I think, I, yeah, I don't think so.
1: I'm gonna, more of a personal question then, where do you see mm-hmm. yourself in the future? Five years from now, 10
3: years? Uh, oh,
0: five years from now, Um, that's a good question. It's something I think about a lot too. Uh. As far as right now, just continuing to broaden the department, um, you know, and just developing our range of services that we can do. Like, we just took on recently all this social media stuff, which I spoke about earlier. Um, Maybe there's more animation. Maybe there's more video stuff. Maybe there's uh, things like that where I can expand and uh, have a bigger team, which obviously means more responsibility, more people to manage. All those things that I find very challenging and difficult but I'm willing to do that. Like I, I want, I just want to be the, I want to be the best, <laughs> you know, I, I want to be the best I possibly can. And I want my team to act that way as well um, and always try to be excellent uh, at what we do. And so, in a ideally like expanding the department, um, having a bigger role, uh, you know, uh, the natural progression would be SVP. I'm a VP right now. So
2: so ideally that. That's so great. this question kind of goes back to some of the stuff we were talking about at the very beginning, um, where we were talking about what types of work that you do. Because like, you And you, you brought up animation and stuff like that, uh, wanting mm-hmm. to like explore other options a little bit more. When you first started um, in the mm-hmm. music industry, did you design album covers like the, you know, the big album covers? Um, and... and when you guys transition back to doing vinyl, like, did you expect that?
0: Or yeah, were you when already I, doing that? I was already doing it. Um, when I started, I was like, probably the first few months, I was just doing all the extras, basically, like, you know, like posters and one sheets and just, just like all the extra materials. But after a while, you know, I, you prove yourself. And then I started doing album covers, and I've been doing that for so long now. It's, it's, I, I'm very sorry, normal. I meant vinyl,
2: the vinyl album covers. Like, did you? Oh. Like, because it seems like there's a resurgence in an interest in vinyl mm-hmm. more recently. And so I didn't know if when you first started, if you oh, guys were we doing started. vinyl album covers.
0: Not really. Um, maybe, t- maybe about two or three years in, we started doing them, but not as often. Now we do them, like I said, like almost every single release gets a vinyl. Um, but yeah, so... So that and we're I... doing cassettes now too, which Ooh, is random. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, did, we did cassette are doing eight track a, a couple eight tracks too, which <laughs> is <just> wild. <laughs> I <laughs> don't know what to say. Them. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. It's, yeah. It's fun. Well, I've gotten back into well, back into collecting vinyl. I had my mom's vinyl when I was a kid and then Oh, cool. Uh, and now I still have that vinyl collection and now I'm like everything I want, I want it on vinyl.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. I see for the nostalgia. But mm-hmm. I mean, eight tracks and cassette tapes, they would always get eaten by the machine and I you know. would cuss and then they'd be worthless. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. I don't quite understand that, but people love it. So, yeah. It's, yeah. so we're doing it, you know? Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Any big projects that you can mention coming up? Any what? Any big Upcoming? projects you can mention coming up? I know sometimes there's a do not disclose, but. Uh... Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um... Trying to think of what I've done recently. Right.
1: Which uh, one can you talk about? Which one? Yeah.
3: Yeah,
0: no, that's the hard part because I don't really talk about anything until they announce, obviously. It's so, probably yeah. the smart thing to do.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But well, your job a lot depends of great, on it.
0: <laughs> there's a lot of great stuff coming in the fall from, from our. Oh, group, all right.
1: So we'll,
0: very excited about it.
1: We'll. we'll Keep her eyes open. Yeah, I know. That's the hardest thing. It's like, oh, I would really love to tell you about this project and this one band that's doing this one thing,
0: but I can't. (laughs) We're doing, uh, I will say this though. Um, We are doing a lot of like innovative, very creative stuff during quarantine we're still managing to really push boundaries on packaging and things like that. We're doing some really cool stuff that's coming out. Um, I can't talk about, but but it is really, (laughs) it's just still really fun. We're still having a good time good so. well, good excellent
1: good. Yeah. hey what about words of wisdom we always ask towards the end of the podcast words of wisdom for young designers mm-hmm. professionals that are out there just getting started
0: mm-hmm. students words of wisdom i think probably something that i always take in like if someone tells you you can't do something just don't believe it and just <laughs> don't don't listen uh you know i like you said, like my story is kind of like this like magical story that happened, but you know, and it is, but like, I like, it worked really, really hard to get there and didn't stop at no, and just keep going and, you know, keep pushing and try to be the best you can. So.
1: Excellent. Well, uh, great. Social media, any um, social media that you want to share with uh, listeners so they can follow your work or the work of uh, your record
0: label? Sure, yeah. Um, I have my portfolio website that I don't update as much as I should. It's uh, C. Smith Creative. I think that's what it is. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, CSmithCreative.com, uh, I believe. Um, my Instagram is mostly just personal stuff, but um, our uh, website would be Concord.com which would show all of our labels that we're working with. Um, you get a pretty good idea from that,
2: but All
1: right. Okay.
2: Well, thank you so much. Sure, thank you.
1: And and you are correct. CSmithCreative.com does bring up a website (laughs) with Carrie Smith as the art direction and design. That's me. Excellent. Well, I hope everyone uh, checks that out. I'm looking at it now. Um, Some album covers that you've worked on. James Taylor. Mm
0: -hmm. James Taylor, yeah. Tanya
1: Tucker, Rye. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's the black and white that you were talking about. Right. Uh, St. Vincent, too, is one of my yeah. favorites as well. Um, Melissa Etheridge. Mm-hmm. The list goes on and on. And yeah. Mark Broussard. Oh, that's one of my favorites. Uh-huh.
0: Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, he's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really great to work
1: okay. with. One of my favorites. Notice how I said that? <laughs> <laughs> that's excellent. Yeah, quite uh, quite a dis- discography of design covers. <laughs> that was That was hard to say all in one word. Well, yeah. it's, it has been a pleasure. Um, and I, I'm sure it's great for uh, you and Mandy to catch up being a, a UCO student. What's the mascot, yes. UCO? Broncos. Go go Broncos?
2: Go Broncos. Go
1: Broncos. Yeah, okay.
2: Sure. <laughs> All right. The big blue horse.
1: Nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> thanks so much, Carrie. I appreciate it. Mandy, right. as always. Uh, and we'll see everyone back on the podcast on the next episode. Thank you. Bye.
0: All right, thanks. <clears throat> Bye.
1: Bye. <clears throat> Thank you for joining us for this episode. The Design Dedux podcast can be found at designdedux.com. that's D-E-S-I-G-N-D-E-D-U-X.com, where you can listen to the podcast or watch the video version of the podcast, as well as find links to the guests and the topics discussed during each episode. The Design Dedux podcast can be found on most podcast listening platforms, You can join us on social media through Instagram and Twitter via at design underscore deducts on Facebook as design deducts podcast and join us on YouTube at design deducts for video versions of each episode. If you are enjoying the podcast, you can show your support on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash design underscore deducts. Once again, thanks for joining us and we hope you'll join us again for the next episode.